Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number four of the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. And if you're listening in today and you're worried about the day your tween or teen leaves the nest and you don't know if they're going to be prepared because maybe they're unmotivated or you're just seeing some of those growing pains and they're not where you want them to be and you're not quite sure how to get them there, then you want to listen to today's episode. You are going to learn things that you can start doing today to prepare them for adulthood. And today I am interviewing Dennis Trittine and Arlen Lawrence. And I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves because we had a little fun during their introduction. So let's jump in. Welcome. Love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves. You want to start, Arlen? Well, uh, my name is Arlen Lawrence. I'm co-author of Wings Not Strings, Parenting for the Launch, and the What I Wish I Knew at at 18 Leadership, Life Skills and Leadership Curriculum. Um, I am also um, a book editor and a publishing professional. That's what I do for a day job. And I am a wife and mom of five grown children and almost eight grandchildren. Wow. (laughs) How exciting. Eight. We'll have to talk another time how you keep up with all that. That's a whole other book. We haven't started those books yet. A new season of of parenting and grandparenting for sure, but successfully launched five grown kids. All five went to college, four are married, one just moved out and started her dream job. So um, yeah, that's me. Well, congratulations. So you're putting everything that you share, you have put it into practice. So you're going to share that with us today. And I can vouch for that as a dear friend of hers and knowing her kids as well as I do. So I'm Dennis Trittine and I'm the president and CEO of LifeSmart Publishing. And we are all things kids and and equipping kids to be prepared uh, to soar in adulthood and preparing the parents uh, to guide them along the way. And um, uh, we have a a little smaller family. We have two children, both grown. And as of last weekend, our daughter uh, just got engaged. So this is a time of celebration uh, for our family. We're not at the grandchildren stage yet, but um, it's, it's just an exciting season in our lives to see our kids further along than the moms that are probably joining us today. And part of what we love to do is, is to bring hope 
because we're a bit on the other side of this launching and uh, we've been there, done that, and, and can really share that <laughs> message of hope and all of this investment you're doing out there, moms. <laughs> It will pay off. Maybe that's our next book, right? <laughs> Life After the Launch. <laughs> yes. Well, and we need hope and we need encouragement and we need those things, those practical things that we can do. And I have to hold up your book, Wings and Not Strings. Of course, I have them all here. And I love the curriculum. It's so helpful. I love your printing for the launch. And I love this one that I'm using with my moms because you have questions at the end of the chapters and you ask the question, like, not that we're doing it wrong because there's no perfect parents, but it's what, where might we have an opportunity for growth? Yes. And you say that over and over again in the book. I just want to give a big shout out because this is a must read for all parents. And we're going to launch in a little bit and uh, talk about some of these things. I want to read just a quote from the book. Few transitions bring as much joy, tears, and anxiety to parents as to when their children graduate from high school and head off into the real world. Questions race through, race through our minds, which I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Have we taught them everything they need to know? Are they on the right track? Will they make good decisions? How will our relationship change? Are they ready? And I'm just like, yes, I just, I'm an empty nester now. <laughs> and my daughter is a sophomore in college, so I'm living this, you know? And, and then you give the statistics, which are like really sobering. And can you share a little bit of the sobering statistics that we're seeing with our youth today? You bet. Well, one of the things that we bring to the parenting table is perspectives on how young adults are doing. We always want to be a step ahead as we parent. And um, there's a lot to be excited about, but there's also a lot to be concerned about. Um, one of the overwhelming statistics is that of the, the students who go to a four-year college, only 59% of those students graduate and get their degree in six years. That means over 40% of kids out there who have their dream of going to college, succeeding, and, and having that amazing job and so forth, 40% um, of them are having their dreams um, threatened in one way or another. And, um, and so from the standpoint of, are they college ready? Well, many are not. Um, another um, set of statistics that we get from employers is just how disenchanted they are with um, the preparation of the younger workforce. And what they're always saying to us is, they're missing these attitudinal soft skills, character skills, um, that they're looking for. And we call them leadership skills, and they're lacking. Um, some other statistics that are going on have to do with um, the increasing incidence of mental health issues in schools. And one of the biggest challenges today in universities is keeping up with the demand for um, mental health services that students are seeking. And, and so whether it's from how are we prepared, um, both in terms of leadership skills, are we prepared in terms of our own mental health? Are we prepared with you know, the kind of skills that employers are looking for so you get that great job? There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Wow, what do you, what do you think is some, are some of the causes of this? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just briefly touch on a few things. I think number one, 
our schools are failing our students, and I'm talking high schools and colleges, in preparing their students for the next step with practical leadership and life skills that they're going to, to require. So if, if we as parents go into this season of life assuming they're going to all learn it in school, they're not. So we have to be very cognizant of what they're learning about finance, about career readiness, and about a lot of the leadership skills. Uh, and that's one key factor. I think technology is a huge factor, huge factor, where so many students are spending way too much time on technology and um, the statistics of um, anxiety, depression, coincide with the introduction of smartphones. And so we really have to be concerned about that. I would say those are a couple of the main factors. Family dysfunction is another one. And then finally, which is the topic of today, is parenting. There are a lot of parenting strategies that we're employing that, although well-intended, are not doing the job in really preparing these kids for life on their own. Which brings us to the title of our book. <laughs> and I, I really like how you break it down in the chapters. And one of the questions that I have is about the different parenting styles. I saw myself in all of them and how I've done that in different areas with my kids. And then you have how it impacts them. And I was like, oh, yeah, been there, done that, doesn't work so well. <laughs> so can you touch on, on a few of those? Because I'm sure that I'm not alone in that. that I'm just going to say, we all do it. Yes. We all yeah. do it. In, it's just to the degree that we use those different strategies that affects our kids negatively. Um, so the first one, I think there's been countless books written on this one too, is helicopter parenting. Uh, the helicopter parent is that parent that's always over your shoulder, you know, that boss that's always micromanaging and making sure you did this or didn't do that. And if you didn't do it, they're going to do it for you. And, you know, hovering like a helicopter, um, sending texts, constantly wanting to be in in charge or not even just constantly wanting to be in touch excessively so inappropriately so um, so that would be helicopter parenting the hyper involved parent and we talk about in our parenting for the launch book about our this generation of parents is is really the first generation of parents who not only were you know dads fully in the delivery room where they weren't in generations past but i mean they are involved in everything they're at every practice they're at every party at school they're you know they're doing everything full on hyper involved my parents were certainly never that involved in my life when i was growing up um, secondly would be the performance parenting would be um, a parent vicariously living through a child and experiencing life through the child through the child's um, achievements the child's um, even appearance uh, the parent takes that to, to themselves almost as if it was th them themselves it's a reflection on them themselves so the parent the child earns rewards with the parents for performing for achieving and also the parent themselves is performing using their child. So that's performance parenting. Control is another strategy that a parenting strategy is just a parenting out of fear. You know, it's the kid who's armored up to go to go out on their bicycle so much so that they can't even ride the bicycle. Um, and that's, that's a, a, a form of a physical control, but then also emotional control, making sure our kids don't ever go anywhere or do anything or talk to anyone um, to make sure that we make sure that they get to a certain objective. And then the yeah. per, the permissive yes, parent, permissive, which is, which is total opposite really of that. becoming yeah. common. 
best friends. We're, we're going to be best friends. We want our kids to be happy. We want them to be our friends. So, you know, we do want our kids to be our friends. That's actually um, the goal is that the end game is that we get to have a healthy adult relationship with our kids. But many parents are advocating way too soon, wanting that buddy-buddy relationship before kids are, are ready for it. And so they, they let go and there's no parameters whatsoever. Yeah. So those are probably the four main ones. And you talk about how we can swing from how we were parented, and then we end up swinging the opposite way. And yes. I very much relate to with the fearful parenting. I see that a lot with, with moms today, because you hear every horrible story that comes down the pike, stranger danger and all those things. And so we're so scared. And then I think that the texting, I see that's a real issue because when we were at school, and we were feeling anxious. We didn't. We couldn't text. We had to learn how to manage our anxiety. And now, what happens is the kids are in the bathroom. I've got a test. I haven't studied. I don't know where to sit at lunch. And so then the mom's texting back out of anxiety because she's taking on that anxiety. And I think that that we we had to figure it out. And now our kids were just constantly in contact with them. And I think that does cause a lot of anxiety for not only us as parents, but the kids too. Well, they have to learn their own coping mm -hmm. mechanisms, if that's the case, because they get that in their mind, relief or help is always a text away as opposed to, oh my gosh, how am I going to deal with this? What am I going to say? What am I going to do? Um, taking risks, all of that gets circumvented if all they're doing is constantly texting a parent to get bailed out of the situation. And, you know, an interesting thing about self-awareness and parenting that we like to bring out in the book is the unintended consequences of some of these things. So imagine the kid who is being texted all the time. What does that say to them about the lack of belief and confidence that the parent is showing them? So we need to kind of put ourselves in our kid's position a little bit and say, you know what, how are they going to receive the way we communicate, the way we constantly hover. That hovering is the biggest cause of um, a lack of self-confidence and a lack of willingness to take risk and, you know, and go out and live your dreams. And if you're being parented in a way where the kid feels like, well, my parents don't think I can do this on my own. Yeah, it's, and it can be a very subtle message, can't oh, it? And we don't yeah. realize we're sending that... And then the kid rebels too and is disrespectful because they know instinctively like, I want to be, I want you to believe in me. So they're always pushing back and that causes so many power struggles too. So you know what I think is really the, the really subtle part of it is a huge revelation for me that control feels helpful. So you feel like you're being the best parent in the world. You feel like you are absolutely doing the right thing. So it, it really requires a large degree of self-awareness to kind of pull yourself up short and go, okay, this feels helpful, but ultimately is it? And then to really have the humility to say, oh my gosh, maybe it's not. But Arlen, we know that if every, all our kids listen to what we told them, then everybody would be happier. <laughs> Well, isn't that true of you and me, though? I mean, when I, I think of the mistakes that I made as a young person that I could have avoided if I'd listened to some of the adults in my life at that time. But I learned from those things. Exactly. You know? Which brings us to the next point where you have a whole chapter on being an empowering parent. So please help us. Tell us what does that look like? Well, um, one of the things that we like to talk about is, is parenting today with tomorrow in mind. Right. Because really what we're doing is we're setting the stage 
not only for our child to become a flourishing adult, but we're also setting our relationship up for that long-term adult-to-adult relationship. So the reason we called our book Wings Not Strings is we like to use visuals because I think it's, I'm a very visual person and sometimes I, I need that, that crutch, but are we releasing an eagle to soar to be able to navigate the winds of life and the turbulence to fulfill their dreams or are we releasing a kite, there's the strings, that we feel that we need to control um, or choose to control and manipulate. So it starts off with this concept, well, really we are releasing that eagle to soar and through empowered parenting, we're going to be facilitating that. So one of the things that we talk about a lot is thinking of our kids as they get older and certainly in the teen years as a future adult. So we kind of have to get over this, you know, they're, they're not my little kid anymore. And we have to start really focusing on, am I training a future adult and am I teaching and training for independence? And if we think about it that way, then some of those things that Arlen just shared are going to go away because we're going to almost judge ourselves as how well have we prepared them for independent life in the real world, as opposed to how important is it that we're still needed and helpful and, and all of this. So the, the philosophy that we bring to the table is, is really one of that. It's teaching for independence. We're raising that, that future adult. I love that because I thought of it when I when I was taking notes in the book, I was thinking of it like that needs to be our North Star. Like to have that, yes, you talk that about having thing. that vision. And so we need to be reminding ourselves as parents, we are raising an adult. Is this going to help them be more independent or dependent? Be students of our children too. We have to know them to be able, I mean, just like you would get to know any other adult, you you kind of check yourself before you ask your friend a sensitive question or where you know you're kind of maybe intruding on a personal area, you would say, can I ask you a personal question? You wouldn't just barge into your friend's personal space. And we need to start giving our growing children that respect that we would other adults to to protect their personal space, their personal thoughts. I mean, obviously it's different because they're a child, but become a student of your child. What's the best way to approach them? How do you have those sensitive conversations? Respect Mm -hmm. is huge. And our style of communicating morphs into more coaching. And I think we talk a lot about how do you move from the driver's seat to the passenger seat. And I think one of the ways we do that as the maturity chasm starts to narrow and our kids are getting closer, you know, to us in that regard is we take on a coaching type of mindset. And that means sharing with versus talking to and and sharing the why, um, why certain things are important as opposed to just you know, this is what you've got to do. And I think that provides that respect that kids need and deserve just like we want. And that mutual respect and coaching style are very powerful for the teen years. And it helps them to connect the dots because their brains aren't fully developed. So when you're sharing the why, it's helping them to connect cause and effect. Like doing this is going to, this is why. And they can under have a deeper understanding of why that's helpful. Yes. Yes. And then linking the why to leadership skills that are a part of that, that when they demonstrate these things, 
This is why the why is so important. It's preparing them to be a great leader. Can you think of an example? I think, yeah, I think in today's world where where we see this the most is in career readiness. And a lot of young people don't have jobs or certainly if they do have jobs, they're maybe sitting, they're mowing lawns or things like that. They're not working at, at employers. And so they have a real disconnect of thinking that, you know, employers are there to serve them because they were hired as opposed to, no, as an employee, you're hired to serve the company. And so being able to share what are the most important qualities that businesses are looking for when they hire employees, qualities like having high standards of excellence, having integrity, um, being dependable, having a great work ethic. Those are the things that are going to help set your kids apart, especially today. And so being able to say, boy, when you demonstrated this great work ethic, that is a leadership quality I admire. And you know what? Employers do too. Huge to our kids. I want you to speak to a couple of things that you said. Trying to make, I guess, our kids happy. Like that is a big thing I see. <laughs> Wanting our kids to be happy. And, and it's, it's well-intentioned, right? But what, speak to that because you talk about that in your book and I see that a lot. We want our kids to be happy and then we overdo. And what happens when we do that? That's right. Well, so what that, that really comes under the permissive parenting very many times it comes under the permissive parenting and we can't stand for them to not be happy. But what the problem with that is then they never learn to deal with the, the normal discontents of life and they become very entitled. They think they always should be happy. And I think you and I as grown and mature adults know that we are not, the reality is we are not always going to be happy. And when we're not happy, we need to learn to deal with that. But we have an entire generation of young adults, um, many of who have been taught that they can always be happy. And to Dennis's point, they're getting into the workforce, thinking that they need to, to be served in the workforce and not having that understanding that, wait a minute, there's something I need to bring to the table here. And if we've never done the hard work of making them accountable to be able to contribute as well as, you know, to be um, contributors instead of just consumers, they're going to just grow up entitled. Wow. And we're seeing that, you know, we're seeing we're, that. We're seeing this in, in, in a big way, whether it's on college campuses where the students feel like, you know, they, they ought to run the roost basically. And, and we're seeing it in, in the workforce mm-hmm. uh, with employers. And so uh, there are things that we do, again, best, best efforts, right. And maybe well-intentioned, but one of the things we like to call out in our, our Wings Not Strings book are what are the downstream attitudinal character consequences of the way that we're parenting? And what is motivating us to parent that way? And it's like, woo, you know, maybe we need to, if our kids are, are showing attitudes of entitlement, the question then becomes, are there things we're doing against unintentionally in our parenting that might be contributing to that and what might be some things we can do to help change that. And I think that's one of the hallmarks of our work is that we do kind of ask parents to, to have a higher level of self-awareness. It's not all about what do we want to manipulate our kids to do? It's not about what are their desired behaviors, but it's also a huge healthy dose of what am I doing to contribute to this 
negative thing that I'm seeing? And am I willing to do the, the hard personal work to, to relinquish that? So for example, if my identity is caught up in being a mother and, and the way that I feel needed and the way I feel validated is if I'm constantly either helping my children or making them happy, um, that's going to cause consequences in them. Now, I can manipulate their behavior and say, oh, my kid's entitled or, oh, my kid doesn't you know, respect me or doesn't appreciate me. Or we can turn it on ourselves and say, ooh, where's my identity? What, what am I doing here? And that, again, it requires a healthy dose of humility and willing to change us, not just trying to change them. That is so powerful. I think, yeah, instead of like criticizing our kids, whether to them or just in our minds to think, okay, where, where might I be contributing to this? How can I change how I'm actually parenting my kid to help them? So it's very, it's like inside out parenting, right? And it's not even just about parenting. It speaks to the core of our identity. Where, where am I finding my identity? Do I know who I am? Do I like myself? Am I okay with me? And then when we're okay with, with ourselves, then we can be a better parent to our parent, to our kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can I share an example of the, of the yeah. mother that didn't do this well? It's, it's a true story from Seattle. A, a dear friend of mine was a senior executive at one of the major um, technology companies. They were interviewing for a key sales position, narrowed it down to three um, finalist candidates. Um, they deliberately waited until um, the last interview for their favorite candidate um, who winds up showing up for the interview was with his mother. This is a 24-year-old guy, and mom shows up. My guess is he didn't ask mom to show up. My guess is mom, well, and that's what was said, mom wanted to show that their, her kid was the best one for the job. And, of course, she cost him the job. The interview ended, and my friend told her to um, – just like, don't do this again because um, other other companies are going to react the same way. And so it's like, wow. Uh, we have to become self-aware. She probably wasn't, she was not aware what she was yeah. doing. And that can, that can happen. It maybe it won't look like that, but that's what we can end up doing. And the son must have thought on some level, I need to bring my mom. Because he'd not been empowered. He had not right. been empowered to believe in himself that he could do it right. on his Well, just before we are done with the call, I want to make sure that you give our listeners some tidbits of what are some proactive things that we can do. But what are just a few of like the top three or four things that you you need to do this? Okay, I think the first thing we need to do, and maybe this is a little philosophical, is we need to release the control that we feel of being responsible for our children's success and happiness, right? So when we release that eagle to soar, we are not only helping our kids, but we're helping ourselves because no one, no parent should feel responsible for their kids' um, happiness and success and things like that. We're there to set the, set the stage, you know, to, to do all the coaching and training, but that's that's a burden none of us should share. So that would be one of my points. And mine would be uh, cultivate self-awareness in yourself and also in them. Help them learn to appreciate who they are uniquely. Um, call out those things that you see them succeeding in. Set them up 
uh, to succeed, but then be willing to let them fail and affirm the positive and um, help them cope with the negative. Don't try to eradicate the negative so they never have to experience it. Right. A third thing I would just share is when it comes to the, the tangible preparation of our kids, focus on those life skills that they're going to need to know and be able to do themselves well without reminding. So whether it's budgeting, whether it's time management, whether it's career readiness, all of those things, those life skills are going to be super important. We can't count on our high schools to be teaching those to our kids. And then finally, the, the core leadership skills that, that these kids are needing, dependability, and uh, we talked about that, and integrity, and, and, and having great interpersonal skills, and being a good friend picker. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk a lot about the importance of relationships in our work, because that's really what life is about. And we want our great relationship with our kids, but we want them to be making great um, decisions about who they choose to spend their time with and helping our kids uh, be great friend pickers is, is one of the hallmarks of the work that we do. Thank you. Those are so helpful to think about how we can be helping them so that they can, we can prepare them and let go and not hold on to that kite. It's, it's about freedom, not control. Really, if you distill it down to the essence, it's how do I set them up for freedom? And you talk about focusing more on character, developing their character versus focusing on the performance, exactly. trying to control. One and of the interesting things about that is, is how many times I've been seeing comments from the business community when it comes to recruiting is we hire for attitude, we train for skill. Most young people think success is all about whether, you know, how rich your family is or what your GPA is or whatever, but to an employer, they will tell you it's attitude and leadership qualities and character that are going to be the greatest determinant of who they hire and who survives in, uh, in reaching their, their full career potential. Wow. So those soft skills are critical to build. And then when the kids demonstrate it, we call it out and we affirm it. And to reframe mistakes. We have to reframe mistakes as that's actually going to build resiliency. They're going to learn and grow so much from making mistakes. We yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all did. Lots of them. <laughs> and still do, you know? So that's how we grow. That's how we learn and that's how we grow. Well, thank you so much for being on here and sharing your wisdom. And I'm going to share the links to your book, but tell them where to find you. You bet. Well, and please encourage all of you that just like Cheryl, we want to be available to you to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to help answer questions uh, and so forth. So DennisTratine.com um, is where it is a, a great go-to place. It has all the information about our books, about our blog, how to sign up for our newsletters, um, things like it is a wealth of information and uh, all the contact information is there as well. So if you want to send us an email with your situation, your questions or where to find this or that, I'm struggling with this. We are here um, in the Pacific Northwest to support you wherever you are. And um, that's what our desire is. So Thank you. So you know, what you're doing. You know yeah. it's huge to have a community like this, to talk about these things, to have the support. You know, parent, I say all the time, parenting is a team sport. So I just want to call you out and affirm you and thank you for what you're doing for all the uh, families that are 
benefiting from this group because Absolutely. it's so important. Oh, thank you. And thank you to all that you're doing and, and helping parents and helping teens and, and empowering them and all the leadership work you're doing. So I'm, I'm very grateful to know both of you and to have you on here with me. And, and I'll share all the links to your books too. Excellent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay. Well, have a great day and thank you, uh, thank you for being with us. That's it for today, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. I hope you found today's episode encouraging and helpful, and if you did, I'd love you to follow the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, and I also invite you to check out our website at momsoftweensandteens.com, where you will find the show notes and much more. And we've also recently launched Moms of Tweens and Teens University, where you will find many resources, workshops, and downloads that are specifically geared to support moms raising tweens and teens. You can find the university at mottsuniversity.com. Have an awesome week and see you next time.